Listeners, and welcome to the Heal the Sick Podcast. Million here with you, M-I-L-L-I-A-N, your ministry provocateur, iconoclast, firebrand, and the resident heretic here at Dominion Fire. As we go through this podcast, we talk about healing. We talk about God's amazing work through his people. And just the fact that I believe that, you know, God heals people, apparently that makes me a heretic, whatever. And I, I gladly embrace it, as you know. Every guest on this show is amazing. And Today, we have a a good friend of mine, someone that I am happy to say that I've had a chance to get to know a little bit. I've had a chance to do some work with him as far as ministry, and uh, a really neat guy with some of the topics that he's bringing to the surface. Joining me today, he's the president of Winlight Ministries, graduate of Karis Bible College, an author, speaker, entrepreneur, visionary, and you may know him as the author of the book, Understanding the Book of Job. And if I remember correctly, Separating What is True from Truth, something on that line, you'll have to correct me. Tom Tompkins, did I get that right, Tom? You absolutely got it correct. Thank you, Million. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Tom, it's awesome to have you here. Thanks for joining us today. And I uh, just want to thank you for the work that you do. I absolutely love the the book of Job. You brought up so many interesting points for probably the most misunderstood book of the Bible. And uh, he did a great job with that. And that kind of topic, as far as things like um, God's will for healing and for God's sovereignty, which is something that people argue a lot in the healing realm, uh, you've really addressed in, in a phenomenal way. So let's get into it. Now, as far as healing testimonies, we always open with that kind of stuff. What kind of healing testimony have you seen? What can you share with us? Give us something kind of cool and off the charts. What do you have? Well, you know, it's a really interesting uh, topic to discuss. A lot of the time when people aren't healed, we tend to look at ourselves and say, well, what did I do wrong? Or, or of course, we look at God and say, well, maybe it just wasn't God's will. But I remember a situation back when I was a teenager. I was probably 16 or 17 years old. I was still you know, in high school, so I was still living at home at the time. And I was trying to take a nap on the couch. It was kind of a funny thing in a way, at least now it is. But my mom came in and interrupted my nap, and, and I'm kind of telling on myself here a little bit. I was, I was actually kind of annoyed. And so she says, well, I was just in a car accident. I was rear-ended by somebody, and, and she said, would you pray for me? So I you know, was half asleep and didn't have any time to prepare for this. And this really gives insight into the fact that we do not have to be prayed up to pray for those who are sick or need healing of pain in their body. So mom sits down on the couch. And I put my hand on her back, and I said, be healed. That is all I did. And the pain instantly left. It never came back. And I, I just always kind of laugh at that and think, well, what, what a testimony of the fact that it's really just a matter of just releasing the power of God, and it doesn't have to be this big, elongated, loud prayer. You don't have to yell at the top of your lungs or say, be healed uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, you know, when people are operating in the anointing, the uh starts to come out. I'm being a little facetious there. But uh, I probably just fell into your category of being labeled as a heretic by saying that, but so be it. But uh, that was a really interesting experience. And was that uh, like a, a first attempt at healing, or had you done healing ministry before? Where did you fall in that sense of it? That... I don't know that it was the very first, but it was one of the very first that I remember. And I really wasn't doing a lot of 
of praying for the sick and that kind of thing back then. It was something I was aware of. I was, you know, when when my mom and my whole family, all of us, were born again basically around the same time, which was April of 1983 or maybe March, but somewhere in that time frame. And my mom was immediately plugged into the ministry of Andrew Womack, who, who teaches very aggressively on healing and the fact that it's always God's will to heal. So it was something I, I pretty much grew up with. I was seven years old at that point. I was seven years old when I was born again. And so it was something I was very much aware of, but that's really the first time I can remember really laying hands on somebody and, and seeing those kind of results. So in that time, now that you saw that happen, uh, what other healing testimonies have come since then? Wow, quite a few. Um, you know, some even in my own life. Uh, I was actually born legally blind. It had an optic nerve that it was damaged from birth, and that, that did cause a lot of problems for me from from that point, you know, most of my, my life up to a certain point. And one of the major areas where, where that was an issue was, was driving a car. I was told in 1992 when I went to get my driver's license at the age of 15 that I would never have a normal situation. I had all these restrictions on my driver's license. I wasn't allowed to drive after dark. I wasn't allowed to drive further than 10 miles from home. And it was really the two that, that had an impact. The others were, were little nitpick things, like I had to have a driver's side uh, or passenger side mirror, which is pretty much standard today, but back then it really wasn't. So I began believing for healing in that area in, you know, at a very young age, but it didn't really start to change until probably around the late 90s, maybe. And it was interesting. I just became frustrated. I, I said, man, I need to be able to drive at night and need to be able to have freedom and just be able to do whatever I want to do. I knew I could do it because I used to drag race as a hobby, drove really fast race cars. And I was more successful driving the car after dark than I was during the day. Imagine that. So I knew I could do this. But it took it took all these you know, issues of working through some red tape and everything. And it took a couple of years to get through it. But basically... Uh, being legally blind means that the visual acuity is 2200, 20/200. And that means that a person with perfect 2020 vision who could see something that was 200 feet away, in order for me at that point to have seen the same thing with the same clarity of vision that they were seeing, I had to stand 20 feet away. And so it was a pretty significant issue. So in 1997, I found out what it was going to take to basically had these restrictions taken off of my license, and I won't go into great detail of what that entailed for time's sake. But the first year, I went to the eye doctor to get his approval on this because he, he had to approve it that he believed I could drive after dark, and that was just part of the process. Well, at that point, my vision was, I believe, 2070. So there was improvement, but not enough. So I waited and went back again, and I think it had gone down to 20. 50 or 20, 2060, I believe. And then in 1999, it's an interesting thing. I never did this. I don't know why I was even in this position. Normally, I was out shooting fireworks in the neighborhood and doing all kinds of stuff on New Year's Eve, so I was not inside. Why I wasn't doing it this particular year, I don't know. But I remember it was January 1st of 1999, 12.03 a.m. I was sitting on my bed, and I remember looking at the clock, and that's how I know what time it was. And God spoke to me and said, wait until you see what I have for you this year. And I knew right then, I said, I am going to start driving after dark this year. So I went through the process again, and basically what it came down to was it was, was being good enough to be able to 
drive after dark, and I've been doing so ever since. And I actually enjoy driving at dark sometimes more than I do during the day. It's just easier to see lights and things like that. And, and uh, you know, that's I remember in 1992, there was somebody, that this lady down at the DMV, it was basically like a state trooper or something like that that kind of helped get through a lot of red tape and navigate in order for me just to get the original driver's license with all the restrictions. And she said, you'll never be rid of these restrictions. But I made my mind up at that point that wasn't true. I didn't believe that. And so it was really a creative miracle that took place for me to be able to do what I do now. I mean, I'm going to school in Colorado, driving from Louisiana. The first time I ever drove here from Louisiana back in 2005, um, I did so without the aid of a GPS. I just had written directions, so I had to watch for street signs, and I just literally drove straight through and didn't get lost one time. And so that was an absolutely incredible, miraculous healing. It was, it was really based on a creative miracle. In the natural, it should have never happened. But we don't have to live by what takes place in the natural. We live based on God's provision that comes to the supernatural. And that's, that's a really good personal testimony of healing. Gotta love when you hear a self-healing situation because if you, what I believe is, is that if you get healed kind of on your own faith and your own method, so to speak, it's a lot more powerful than getting healed on someone else's faith. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I just think it's more powerful and has a greater effect for your faith going forward. So it's always cool to see that. And thank you so much for sharing that. And we're having such a good time. We're already up against our first break. Time flies, right? Well, time for our first break, listeners. We're going to be back right after this with Tom Tompkins. He's going to share his background and experience and what he has done and how he's got there and the whole kit and caboodle. Keep it locked here on the Heal the Sick podcast. Back in a moment. Hey, guys. Million here with you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Heal the Sick podcast. It is a pleasure to have you. Make sure you visit our website at dominionfire.com, our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash dominionfire. You can find me on Twitter at Healing Minister. And also make sure to visit, thumbs up, and subscribe to our vlog at youtube.com forward slash Dominion Fire Church, the D Fire vlog. Thanks for checking out this episode. And now back to our guest. And welcome back on the Heal the Sick podcast. Million here with you. And anytime, please visit dominionfire.com. And make sure you get onto our emailing list for exclusive updates as well as possibly pre-release content. Meaning if you like to heal the sick podcast, as you're probably listening to right now, if you'd like to get it before the general public does, I might just send it to you via the email list. So make sure you're on the newsletter. Uh, visit dominionfire.com and you'll see the uh, sign up box right there. I'm going to have some uh, free reports and giveaways very soon. So make sure you check that out as well. And uh, stay always up to date on everything we got going on here at Dominion Fire. It's going to be a big year. Stand on our hustle for 2016. And uh, we invite you to take the ride with us. Tom Tompkins joining us today. And in the first segment, we heard about some healing testimonies that not only he uh, had ministered, but that he received as well. And in this segment, we get to find out more about him and, and his uh, background experience and the work that he's done. Tom, you got a pretty uh, pretty big resume there, so uh, walk us through it. Tell us about yourself, your background, and experience. Well, you know, it's funny. Over the years, I've always really, really been fired up for God, I guess you could say, kind of kind of a religious cliche of sorts, but I always just, just loved being involved in anything to do with God, anything to do with church, just ministering to people. 
I had a desire to teach the Word a long time ago, back to, all the way back to when I was a teenager. In fact, I remember I was probably 19 or so. In 1997, my mom was running a ministry to the nursing home, a local nursing home out of the church that we were all attending at the time, and I just remember one day asking her if I could teach. I did not know why, I just had a desire to do so, and so she let me do that. And I'm probably grateful that that was not recorded, because I did not have a clue back then, uh, based on, on today, not that I have it all figured out by any means. But I most certainly didn't know much back then. I do remember teaching on the love of God, and in fact, I'll throw this out. I ended that message. The only thing I remember was was encouraging those the people from the nursing home, the nursing home residents, that it would be a really good idea to just sit around and daydream about the love of God. And uh, so that was that was pretty interesting. That had to be a Holy Spirit inspired thing because I don't think I would have come up with that on my own. But that kind of got the ball rolling, and I did a couple of little teaching sessions here and there um, from that point on. But it wasn't until April of 2002 when I knew that I was actually called to the ministry, and that was when I started Windlight Ministries. Uh, The term Windlight is actually a drag racing term. It signifies victory. And God gave me a slogan for the ministry titled, Teaching the Simplicity of the Gospel. And so that's what I've really tried to do, is keep it as simple as possible. But I remember when when I first knew I was called to the ministry, uh, it actually took place at an Andrew Womack conference in Shreveport, Louisiana, and he was doing a teaching on something titled, You've Already Got It. And it was basically talking about the fact that God is already pre-provided for everything that we need. We just receive it the same way as we receive salvation, by grace through faith. And the thing that he taught me, that, that God God told me, I should say, was that I really needed to dig into the Bible, dig into His Word, and start discovering why I believed what I believed about Him, instead of writing the coattails of somebody else's revelation. So through the course of all of that, those next few years, I learned a lot about healing, about God's true nature of love, mercy, and grace, a lot about the sovereignty of God. I spent uh, about six years studying the book of Job before I wrote Understanding the Book of Job, separating what is true from what is truth. And that led to just having an overwhelming desire to pray for people. I mean, I got to where I was walking into stores and, and saying, okay, God, who, who do you want me to pray for? And, and praying for people and seeing results, seeing people being healed, pain leaving their bodies, people straightening up that were you know, kind of hunched over with back problems and just a plethora of things like that. And it continues to grow, of course, uh, through attending Karis Bible College and a lot of other seminars that I've been to and and just learned, but you know the thing I've just I, the thing I've really learned the most is that if we want to know about God's will for healing or really about anything else, and we just simply look to the life of Jesus, and so that's kind of been my springboard over the years as far as uh, how I have learned and, and grown in doing this, and it's just I, I can't think of anything more enjoyable than going and praying for somebody and seeing God's love touch them for the first time, or or maybe for the first time in a long time, then receiving that and realizing, you know, God really does love me, and it's not based on my performance, He's willing to heal me, and so it's it's just, uh, it's kind of addictive. I guess in a way, I'm kind of like a dog looking for fresh meat when it comes to that kind of thing. And uh, you have uh, some new books coming out, actually, and, and understanding the book of Job, got, listeners, you have got to grab a copy of this. This book is something, this is what initially introduced me to Tom. 
And I had reached out to him after reading this book, and it was it was phenomenal because it is such a I hate to even say it like this, but people use that book as an excuse for why they don't want to pray for healing or why they don't think healing can happen. And it's unfortunate because just because the majority rules and the majority agrees on a certain topic doesn't mean the majority is correct on that topic. And unfortunately, in in the Christian body, the majority tends to rule in a lot of uh, opinions on things. But Tom, you have a new book coming out, which I'm quite intrigued about, and I can't wait to grab a hold of it. What is the new book? The new book is titled Avoiding Circumstantial Theology, and the the subject matter of the book is, is what I call circumstantial theology. It's really what most Christians live by. I think we all have at some point or another where we base our beliefs about God and His will and His ways and you know, what is and is not of God based on what happens in the natural realm. If we're struggling financially, well, it must be God's will for that to happen. If we're sick, it must be God's will for us to be sick. Essentially, I define circumstantial theology as the practice of filtering the Bible through one's experiences, as opposed to filtering one's experiences through the Bible. And one way rids us of truth and the true nature of God, and the other way establishes truth and establishes the realities of the true nature of God. So it's a short read, it's only 61 pages. But it's shortened to the point, and I really want people to grasp an understanding of the fact that just because we're seeing certain results or a lack thereof in the natural realm, that doesn't mean that we should use that to paint a belief or a uh, picture in our belief system of what is and is not of God. And also, um, Tom and I have collaborated on a little project as well, and if you go into dominionfire.com and check out our audiobook section you will find something called Realities of God, which is uh, kind of a, a little introductory ebook, if you will, which we've turned into an audiobook as well. And uh, it outlines some of these basic topics about sovereignty and about circumstances. And it's uh, only on sale for $2.99. That's, uh, that's a pretty good deal, I think, Tom. Just throwing that out there at everybody. But uh, if you would like to check that out, make sure you visit uh, dominionfire.com with that information as well. So, with writing all these books and with uh, going to school and doing all the things that you're doing, what's the future? Where are you going from here? Well, I'm currently in uh, a third-year program at Curious Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado, at Andrew Womack's Bible College, and they have a school of business, and it's a very unique school of business because the, the core curriculum is actually the same core curriculum that Harvard uses. We are the only school in the country besides, besides Harvard that does this. And, you know, one of the things I've done over the years is I've owned several businesses. I own a couple of businesses right now. I'll probably own several more businesses as time goes by. But the idea is basically, I mean, I've been in business for, for about 23 years now, and that has not all been pie in the sky. It has had its failures along the way. I've learned a lot by trial and error and some negative experiences. And, and so, you know, there was a very negative experience that led to me coming out here to the Bible school and doing this, but it's, it's good. Basically, you will not find another program like this anywhere uh, in the country. And this comes from people who have been through MBA programs, who have been to major universities. They say there's nothing else that compares to this. So the reason I say all of that is that Winlight Ministries, I, I really don't like to do things in a typical, common manner, as many other people would do. So I am using these businesses to basically fund the ministry. 
that way, if somebody says, hey, I want you to come out and speak at my church, but I can't afford it, I'll tell them, no problem, man, I can just come out there on my own dollar, you don't have to worry about it, just be a blessing to the church. But the idea is that these businesses will grow to the point that it's much more easy to sustain such a thing. I've done that in the past on a smaller scale than what I intend to do in the future, but in order to do this properly, I knew I needed to learn some things that I didn't know, and, and after you know all these years of being in business over two decades, it has been astonishing what I've learned through this business school that's not only helping me to apply it to my own businesses, but I'm, I'm applying this to other people, doing a lot of consulting now for businesses and ministries and helping them to overcome challenges and build systems that, that create profitability and sustainability that they've never seen before. So I intend to do a lot more with the ministry as time goes on. Uh, through webinars and live seminars and, and teaching people who they are in Christ, how God sees them, how much God loves them, and what that allows them to do, but also to remove a lot of the condemnation. You know, for example, we've probably all been in the situation where we're at the grocery store or whatever, and we see somebody and think, I should go pray for that person, and we don't do it for whatever reason, and then we fall under condemnation. Well, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Here's reality on that. If if we just think about it, even if we don't do it, God is still pleased with us because we even gave it a thought. That's God's true nature. And when you start looking at things that way, it removes the condemnation. And what will happen is that doesn't mean we're going to become passive and think, oh, well, God approves of me just because I thought about praying for somebody. The next time we have an opportunity, we're going to have such a joy and such a peace without that condemnation. It's going to be a lot easier to actually go and pray. That is brilliant. I had never thought of it that way. And wow. How about that, listeners? All right, Tom Tompkins, we are up against our second break. Time is just zipping by today, and this is uh, wonderful stuff here. And um, as I mentioned before, Tom and I are collaborating on a couple projects, and I'm uh, truly grateful to work with you, and I think uh, we're going to do great things, and I share that business philosophy about ministry as well. So, listeners, when we come back... Tom's going to be teaching. This is something he's really good at. So you're going to want to uh, really grab a pen and paper and be ready for this one because this is going to be good. We'll be back right after this here on the Heal the Sick podcast. Don't nobody go nowhere. Right back. Hey, guys. Million here with you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Heal the Sick podcast. It is a pleasure to have you. Make sure you visit our website at dominionfire.com, our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash dominionfire. You can find me on Twitter at Healing Minister. And also make sure to visit Thumbs Up and Subscribe to our vlog at youtube.com forward slash Dominion Fire Church, the D-Fire vlog. Thanks for checking out this episode. And now, back to our guest. All right, listeners, final segment. Back on the Heal the Sick podcast. Million here with you. Tom Tompkins on the phone. Oh, it's a good one today. Now, again, as I mentioned before, the writings that I have uh, read through that, that Thomas put together, just amazing stuff. And this is why I, I keep going on about it, because it's truly such a, a groundbreaking topic in so many ways. So you got to check out his books. you got to get Understanding the Book of Job. I'm telling you, you will not be sorry. Grab a copy of that book. I, I have it on my Kindle. It, I've read it how many times? I love it. Uh, but in the midst of all that, comes up the topic of, you know, God's love and just his love for us. And as we were saying in the last segment, his lack of condemnation for us and things like that. And Tom, you want to teach a little bit on that topic today and on that line. So 
uh, for our mini sermon lesson segment. What would you like to share with us today? Well, everything really is tied into God's true nature, and the foundation of God's true nature is love. And, you know, there's so many different teachings in the Church about faith, and, you know, you have to say the right words and all that kind of stuff. When we grab a hold of the reality of God's love, all that other stuff just automatically comes together. It's not a big deal. And, you know, of course, Satan is out there trying to counterfeit and say, well, you know, God loves us so much that he's going to save everybody against their free will and all that kind of stuff. That isn't true. God doesn't do anything against our free will, and that is founded in his love. So here's, here's a couple of things that we can tie together. First John chapter 4, verse 8 says, God is love. So what exactly does that mean? What is love? Well, when you look to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses basically 4 through 7, I know people often say 4 through 8, but I say 4 through 7 because those are the verses that really give a, an outline and an understanding of what love or God really is. But here's the thing that I really like to focus on when it comes to this topic. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says, Love does not force itself on others. God never forces anything on us. And that is true love. Love always offers a choice. There's never a time when love does not offer a choice. And whether it's salvation, God doesn't force salvation on us. Salvation is received by grace through faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 give us that information. God doesn't force healing on anybody. I mean, you think about it this way. In Genesis uh, chapter 1, God uh, basically gave dominion and power, uh, Genesis one twenty six to Adam and Eve. He said, take dominion over all the earth. And that word dominion basically means to take control of, to have sovereign control over the earth. You know, the word sovereign, when it's defined, one of its first dictionary definitions, according to Webster's Dictionary, is one that exercises authority in a limited sphere. Now, that's interesting, because people refer to God as being sovereign. Well, the reason why God is sovereign is because he gave authority over the earth man. And I know that deserves a lot more explanation than we have time for, but God loved Adam and Eve so much that he wasn't going to override their free will that he gave them. Now, here's something to consider about free will. In order for us to have been created in God's image, we have to have free will, because God has free will. So anything that God has, we have. So as born-again believers, we are essentially love. In, in our born-again spirit, that's, that's who we are. That's the part of us that changes when we're born again. So we are love because God is love. And as Jesus is, so are we in this world. So, you know, basically anything that God is, since Jesus was the express image of God, he only did what he saw God doing, then that's really who we are. It's a really interesting thing to stop and think about. You know, I said this earlier, but that's something you can sit around and daydream about, you know, considering God's love. But I know when, when people talk about God's love, they often say, well, well, God would never send anybody to hell because he loves people. Well, actually, God doesn't send anyone to hell, but he also doesn't send anyone to heaven. We where we spend eternity, and that's because God loves us. In fact, I asked God about this one time. It was very interesting. I was thinking, well, God, if you did control everything that happens, then your will would always come to pass. And, of course, we know that God's will does not always come to pass. His will is not automatic. But he's told me something very interesting about that. And uh, he said, the reason why 
I don't force anything on anybody. If you stop and think about what happens when a parent forces things on their children, and God doesn't have any negative to force on us. He only has good for us, but he still doesn't force it on us. But if you think about it, when a parent has a child, and they're constantly giving their child everything, regardless of if their child wants it or not, needs it or not, there are two words that are used to describe that child. Do you know what they are? Spoiled brat? Exactly. Yes! And God said, I don't want a bunch of spoiled brats running around. So so it's, it's really interesting, and I know we don't have a lot of, of time to really do this topic justice, but... God loves us so much that He's not only never going to force anything on us, but He lets us make our own decisions, even if it hurts us. But He's always there, waiting, and just ready. I mean, He is literally on edge, waiting for us to say, Help me, God. Help me. And so here's what I'd like to end with as far as this particular area goes. If you don't have an understanding of God's will or feel like you need a better understanding, I think we're all in need of a better understanding and revelation of how much God loves us. All you have to do is ask Him, God, show me how much you love me. And it may not come right that second, but you watch over the course of a few minutes, hours, days, weeks, whatever, it'll happen. And, I mean, God is so faithful. He loves us so much that He sent His own Son to die for us and take on what was rightfully ours to to suffer through. We should have gone and hung on our own crosses, but Jesus did it for us so we wouldn't have to. And, I mean, what a great example of love. The Word became flesh, God became flesh, in order that we could literally have eternal life. What an incredible example of God's love. But there's just so many more I could give, but I know we're probably right up on our five-minute mark. And that's okay, because... Every time I do this show, you know, we've we've done, what, 67 of these now. I, every show, I think to myself, oh, I know this stuff. And then, you know, someone someone will just drop like a bomb on me. And I'm like, wow, how did I not think of that? And some of the stuff you, meant, you, you mentioned thus far today has really done that. I'm sitting here like my mind's gone like a thousand miles an hour because I'm like, wow, I, just thinking of all the possibilities. And um, one thing I would like to just uh, point out quickly, um, speaking about love being a choice, is that. A lot of times God gets a little bit of a bad rap when it comes to taking all the way back to Genesis. People will say, well, if God is good and knew this was going to happen, so on and so forth, then why did he put that tree and that fruit in the garden? He said, you can eat from all these different things, just don't touch this one, so on and so forth. And people say, well, why would he set them up for that kind of failure? But the choice of the matter is, is that if he gave them all good, there is no choice. And love has to be a choice. So there has to be at least one alternate element for you to make a choice based upon. So it's one of those things where they had to make a choice. And in a lot of the stuff, this is what you have to do. You have to choose. You have to choose to love him. You have to choose to accept healing. You have to choose to be saved, as Tom was mentioning earlier. And it's it's a very deep topic, and it goes a lot deeper than that. But I just wanted to throw that out there just to just get you thinking a little bit. So, Tom, if people would like to contact you and reach out to you, maybe get some ministry consulting, or maybe would like to know more about sovereignty or how you figured all this stuff out, how can people reach you? Well, the easiest way is to go through my website. It's my name, Tom-Tompkins. The last name is spelled T-O-M-P-K-I-N-S. So Tom-Tompkins.com. And everything you could want to know is basically on that website, contact information, uh, information about me, how to how to get in touch with me for 
uh, business or ministry consulting, and all of my book uh, books are for sale on there. You can hit the links on uh, on there, as well as the uh, audio book that Million and I have put together. I'm also on Facebook. It's under Tom Tompkins Jr., or you can probably find me just as easily uh, through Million's Facebook page, since we're friends on there. And we have all kinds of resources available through Winlight Ministries on Facebook. Uh, Understanding the Book of Job has a specialized page on Facebook. And all that information is, is right there. And so there's are multiple sources. Uh, Winlight Ministries has a YouTube channel, so just a plethora of connection opportunities. And also, don't forget at DominionFire.com, not only the uh, audiobook that we did there, but you've contributed to another book that we have called the Christ Simplified series, which are, is currently in production for more volumes. And you're also on Amazon.com for your books as well, right? That's correct. In fact, I have an author page that's uh, a really good resource to use. You can find out about all the books I've written. They're, they're listed there, and, and we're, of course, about to publish a couple more. So all that information is right there available on the Amazon Author Central page. Awesome. All right. And anytime, if you have any trouble finding him, make sure to email me at dominionfirechurch at gmail.com and I will point you in the right direction as well. So Tom, this has been a wonderful episode. This has been one of the fastest that I've ever gone through because it's just such good information. And at this point, we ask our guests if they will please pray for our audience for healing specifically. But however, if you pick up anything else, prophetic or word of knowledge, discernment, by all means, let it rip. So at this time, would you please pray for our audience and take us all the way to an amen, please? Absolutely. I'm going to do this two different ways. I'm going to start off just praying for everybody, but then I'm just going to let God speak through me and just give a word. So so here we go. Thank you, God, for this incredible opportunity to, to be on Dominion Fire today with Million. I thank you for, for the blessings over his life and just speak a multiplication that a light would be shown upon upon Million and his services that are offered to just be a blessing to his family and see tremendous increase. And I also pray for anybody listening that any struggles they may have would be met with the love of God and the life of Christ to just wash those things away and open their eyes to what is of God and what is not, that their revelation would come directly from the Holy Spirit, that even if it goes against what they've been taught, what they've assumed, what circumstances have tried to portray, that the love of God would overcome each and every one of those things. So I speak death to sickness and life to the physical body of anybody who is listening that is dealing with sickness. I command cancer to die at the roots and just shrivel up. Even uh, issues from treatment, I command to be healed for full restoration to come. And that the cells and the DNA of everybody's body who is listening right now, who is dealing with sickness or infirmity, would lose the identity of sickness and come in and take on the identity of healing, health, and wholeness. Essentially, God's will. So, I also want to share, this is just what God wants people to know. So this is God's, God's words to you. God says, I do love you. I want you to start believing again. Don't give up just because it seems like things have not happened. You have literally been at the door of my perfect will for your life. But like so many other people, you didn't even put your hand on the knob. You didn't know how close you were. All you had to do was reach down, turn that knob, and pull on the door, and you could have walked right in. But instead, you turned around, you walked to the left, and you walked to the right. But I want you to know that you don't have to spend an elongated time getting back. Just let me know you're ready, and I will show you what to do. It's just like digging down for a well that 
the the water or the oil, whatever you're searching for and digging for, mining for, drilling for, if you go a thousand feet and you only had to go to a thousand and one to receive what I had for you, but you quit and you walked away, don't worry about it. That hole was never filled in. It's still one thousand feet deep and you only need to go that one foot further. So just go right back and finish the job. It's not a big deal. I haven't given up on you, even if you've given up on me. I love you, and I'm here for you, and I'm eager. Let's get started. So, Father, I just thank you for the lives that are being turned right side up from what you're doing through this broadcast, through this prayer, and just through speaking to people through the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, ahead of time for the many great testimonies we're going to hear as a result of this. We thank you, and we love you. Amen. Oh, amen. That's like getting punched in the mouth with grace and mercy right there. Gotta love that. Listeners, anytime, check us out, dominionfire.com, for all episodes of the Heal the Sick podcast, as well as the Dominion Fire vlog, which I've been working very hard on and uh, trying to make a good go of that. Love doing the videos and vlogs for you just on more in-depth topics and uh, a little slice of ministry life. So dominionfire.com is where you want to be. Make sure to get on the email list so I can send you a uh, Bonus material and other cool stuff not generally accessible to the public at large in the beginning, so you get exclusive content by jumping on the mailing list, so please do that when you have a moment. Tom, I want to thank you for being here with us today. It's a pleasure to speak with you. It's been great getting to know you and to work with you, and I thank you for everything. And listeners, anytime, dominionfire.com, check us out. And uh, if you receive any form of, of healing or revelation or anything from any of our broadcasts, please do email us and let us know so I can pass it on to uh, the guest, and they can um, feel a little encouragement on their side as well. So thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time on the Heal the Sick podcast. Boom! Goes Yeshua. We'll see you next time.